0: We've been trying to tell better stories about women and clergy and the church because we really need to tell better stories. Instead of just complaining about it, what if we flood the airwaves with something different? All right, welcome back to the podcast, friends. And this is the Top 10 Reads of 2021 episode. I did one of these last year and I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to go listen to my top 10 reads for 2020 and for 2019 and 2018, I didn't do a podcast episode, but I do have a blog post. I'll link to that also in the show notes if you want to check out what I read for those years. Uh, I always do the good reads challenge if you're not familiar with that. You set a reading goal for the year and I did not hit my reading goal this year but you know what you know in a year like 2021 I'm just excited that I actually read 40 books out of 50 that 50 was my my goal for the year which is you know not quite a book a week I know there's some of you who read so much more than that I have a friend who's a librarian and she read over 200 books this past year so you know I encourage you to set, if you don't do this already, first of all, if you're a pastor and you're listening to this and you don't read on a daily basis, where do you get your sermon illustrations from? Um, Readers are leaders or leaders are readers, however you want to say that. And having just, just taking 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes before you go to bed at night to read will do a lot for uh, your brain health, your mental health. Uh, your ability to more easily uh, find sermon illustrations that are, you know, not about sports, all right? Can you just stop already with all the sports sermon illustrations? There are other things in the world uh, that you can use for illustrations than sports. So here are my top 10. Uh, I was gonna do a backwards list, but I'm not gonna do a backwards list. I'll, I'll just do one through 10. And then I do have a bonus, a bonus one this year. And I'm going to say that my top 10 read is the book Educated by Tara Westover. All of these books I will link in the show notes so you can check them out. Educated is, uh, I think it's only been out for a couple of years, and it's a memoir about uh, a young gal who was raised in Iowa, I think. I don't know, one of the I states. Anyway, she was raised off the grid, you know, homeschooled, NRA, all, you know, every, the government, all the conspiracies, all that kind of stuff. And so she talks about her journey of growing up and escaping that world, basically, and educating herself along the way. And I, I think I experienced every emotion you could experience in reading this book, from sadness to anger, to frustration, to hopefulness. Um, There are definitely some really gross parts that I'm just like, no, I got to skim through this. I can't read that. You know, I think this book hit me because I have a friend of mine who is currently raising her sister's children. Her sister died unexpectedly uh, at a young age. And so she is raising them. And, you know, her, some of Tara Westover's story is similar to these kids that she's raising and she's introducing them to culture in all new ways. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, taking them to their first museums and those kind of things. And this book for me was not somebody else way out there. This was up close and personal for me. And I think by the end of it, I was encouraged, uh, if nothing else, for my friend, you know. Book number two is With, W-I-T-H. Uh, reimagining the way you relate to God by, I think you've pronounced his last name, uh, That I'm going to go with that anyway. And this is one of those books where there's really nothing new in it. Like I'm reading the book and I'm going, yes, yes, nodding. But he has a way of presenting something old in a new, fresh way and talks about this idea of how we relate to God and that we have a tendency to relate to God. Uh, so life over God, under God for God, or from God. And that really, if we understand scriptures and the message of Jesus, it's life with God. And it helped me to look at some of my own tendencies, just the way our personalities and the way we're wired, we're going to have a tendency to fall into one of those categories. And it was a good reminder to keep coming back to this idea of life with God. And I'll just say for me, Life for God is definitely the temptation, and it's exhausting when you're constantly trying to live for God instead of living with God. So I highly recommend that. I'm going to be doing it as a sermon series beginning in January. And I have had a couple people ask me about my sermon series, so I am going to take all of my outlines and put them in a PDF form. So if you want that, send me a message and I will give you, I will send that to you. I won't have it for like another week. But if that's something you're interested in, I will share that with you for free. I do not do manuscripts, just so you know. So it's there's not going to be a manuscript. But you'll have a basic outline, the scriptures I'm using. And then you'll just have to write your own message. So, all right, book, I've only got to book two. This is, I'm going to try to have this not be an hour long episode. They'll pick up as we go. Number three is Finding Your Leadership Voice with Katie Cole. And this one is for the women. If she is writing specifically to women who are, leader, uh, who are leaders, she has another book that's called Developing Female Leaders. And so I would recommend that one for any men who are listening, but also women who are listening. And that's really about uh, equipping and empowering women in your organization. So not necessarily in your church, but... Uh, in any organization that you lead. And that is a great book. Also, I just started reading it. It's so it's really on my to read list for 2022. Number four is Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Gro- Groeschel. Uh, I'm not sure what this, I, you know, how they all, the, all these books now have a, a secondary title. I forgot what, what his is, but I read two books this year, that were kind of in this category. The other one is Soundtracks by John Acuff. I think I liked this one better by Craig Groeschel, mostly because he is a pastor. And so some of the things he was saying, I related to more. Uh, I put him, I put that book on my list also as book number seven. Um, But I really liked uh, some of the practical ways that Groeschel was sharing about how he is incorporating this into his ministry, like how he is practically transforming and allowing God to transform his mind. A lot of them were spiritual disciplines with a little bit of a mental health twist. And I did the audio book each, if you get the written book, he's got questions at the end that you can work through to like, so practical application steps at the end of each chapter. Um, I just bookmarked them. And so I can go back and read through them. I like, I like the way he reads his books. It, he was particularly funny. Uh, but You may want the written copy if you want to do all of the like action items at the end of each chapter. All right, number five is Permission to Grieve by, I think it's Shelby Forsythia. I actually started this book at the end of 2020 and I was so emotionally exhausted that I had to stop reading it because it was like making me depressed. (laughs) So if you're in the depths of Your grief right now, probably not a good book for you to read. Maybe wait a little bit longer to read it. As I had processed some of my grief, then I went back and was listening to it and found it super helpful because she has practical tips in there, but a lot of it is really this idea of giving ourselves permission to grieve and what that looks like. Uh, And she uses her own experience and the way that she was processing grief and some of the things that she learned. All right, number six is Radiant Church by Tara Beth Leach, fabulous book. I know that some, a lot of my listeners have already read this book, um, so I don't want to hash through it. And she really just tackles a lot of the issues of the evangelical church that we are facing here in the States. I imagine that some of these are around the globe, but there are a lot of issues that are unique to the evangelical church in the United States, and she really tackles some of those things if you're not already familiar with some of the writings of Alan Hirsch, uh, some of the organic church stuff, this might be completely new to you. But if you're if you already read those kind of things, this is this is just another way to say uh, maybe say it in a fresh way. And okay, so right, number seven, I already mentioned soundtracks by soundtracks by John Acuff, very similar to the Groshel book. A lot of science in here. He talks about his own, like he did his own research and study, what do you call it, gather his own uh, control group, I guess, if you will, and walked through some of these things with them and then took a lot of, took the results from that study and incorporated it into his to the book. And a lot of it is practical ways to use new science about how to change the way we think, uh, neuroplasticity. If you're from, so if you're familiar with some of that stuff, I thought it was a great book. If you're really new into this idea of neuroplasticity, it's a quick grab of stuff that you can take and put it into action right away. And you don't have to be a Christian, even though the author is a Christian. The difference, I think, between Grochelle and Acuff is if you really want to encourage somebody to transform their thinking, who doesn't want to get involved in all the spiritual stuff, then I would recommend Soundtracks. All right, number eight is The Artist Way by Julia Cameron, which is an older book. Uh, I think it's at least 20 years old. And definitely, at the other end of the spectrum from John Acuff's soundtracks. Very spiritual, not necessarily Christian, although she does refer to God as creator and talks about this idea of if God is a creator, and we are created in his image, then we are also creators and that we uh, we have all of these blocks, these things within us that keep us from creating and expressing who we really are, but also who we are meant to be as images of God in this world. I found this super helpful. Each chapter has tasks um, that you can do, activities to help encourage your soul to begin creating and dreaming again. Maybe after a year like 2020 and 2021, I think this would be very helpful for a lot of people going into the new year. If you feel stuck, but you know that there are still creative ideas within you, things you want to try, dreams, you know, this is a good way to start yourself dreaming again. All the things that you had hoped to do, a lot of those are desires that were put there by God, and he wants us. I mean, if, if we really are created in the image and likeness of God, then the church should be one of the most creative groups of people on this planet. But we keep ourselves stuck, and we don't really allow uh, God to work in us and through us to create new things just new things new ideas to just continue to expand the possibilities that are around us and solve a few problems along the way all right number nine is also another old book the politics of jesus by yoder so good so good this is very heady stuff uh it's basically take radiant church and put it on steroids I mean, he will, you'll have to take breaks. I had to take breaks. I mean, he just really has you thinking deep and wide. Uh, I think it's a good book for every pastor to read uh, because he will stretch your thinking. Uh, And then number 10 is The Practice by Seth Godin. I read this, I think, at the beginning of the year. This is a super, super fast read. It's just basically, you know, how Seth Godin is, right? He's like one quote after another. So get the get the hard copy, highlight it, and then take all your highlights and put them on three by five cards and then just do once a, once a week, pull uh, a three by five card and be like, this is your quote for the week, right? This is what you're gonna meditate on. Just a lot of uh, really good quotes that will make you think about this idea of practicing our call You know, practice doesn't make perfect, but practice does bring progress. Uh, And so if you want an alternative to Seth Godin, then I would say Rework, which I'm finishing up right now, uh, is a great one by Freed and Hansen. Very similar style of writing to Seth Godin. And it would be similar content that's in the practice. All right, here's my bonus. And it's actually a podcast. If you haven't already heard about the rise and fall of Mars Hill, I highly, highly, highly recommend this podcast. My hu- Even my husband listened to it, although he said he did have to stop and take a break because he started to get really frustrated, which I totally understand. I was getting frustrated. I think for me, one of the things, one of the ways that Mar- this Mars Hill, the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast helped me was to articulate some things. We see this especially where after a while you start to think you're the one that's crazy. And so I think it helped me to be like, no, this is unhealthy. I am not the crazy person. That whole thing was a mess. How do we keep this from continuing to happen? Because we see it happen over and over and over again. And I think they do a good job of digging into some of the ways, but it it should also be a, a, a launch pad for those conversations. So I would love to see all the, well, for my denomination, I'd love to see all the board of ministries across our denomination, listening to this podcast and then sitting down and having some conversation about how do we keep this from happening? How do we create spiritually mature, emotionally healthy pastors and congregations? That's my top 10 wrap up for the year. And I do have one podcast in the wings waiting to be edited. So I'm going to work on that and get that. That should be up the first week of January, but I'm getting a new puppy in a couple of days. So I'm not sure how this is going to work going forward. And recording podcasts with a little puppy in the background, I suspect that he'll make an appearance uh, or two on the podcast coming up. Anyway, it'll be great. I am a big fan of New Year's. My husband is not. He hates New Year's. Uh, He says it's depressing. He says everything's coming to an end. And then he looks at all the stuff that he didn't get done within the last year and he finds it depressing. Now I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I love New Year's Day. I love beginnings. It's a time to do new things, to try new things, to set new goals. Even in the craziness of the last two years, I'm still going to set goals because it's just how I'm wired. Uh, I love the idea of starting new things. You know, do yourself a favor And if you're going to set some goals for 2022, set yourself up for some quick wins in January and February, you know, like crochet a new blanket or take a skiing lesson, something quick, right? That you can, you can start off the year and say, if nothing else happens for the next 12 months. I did accomplish this one thing and we'll see what 2022 is going to do. Your guess is as good as mine. Only Jesus knows all of those things that we always say. Anyway, until next year.